Cheryl Linker, and we're back with the Saturday morning edition of the Master Gardener Hour. And I'm here with my guest today, Louise Wire. And Louise is somebody that I have wanted to have on this show for such a long time. Got a great topic. Good morning, Louise. Good morning. Glad to be here. I'm glad you're here. And we were just talking about the title of the show, and we're going to call it, uh, How Do You Become a Pedal Pusher? And we will explain that later in the show. Okay. It's it's crazy. But I am got had the honor once of going to the Rose Bowl Parade in Pasadena, and I was absolutely fascinated by it. And when I first met Louise, like six years ago, she told me that she had lived in California. So tell me a little bit, Louise, about how you got to be involved with the um, Rose Bowl Parade parade when we moved from new jersey to california the first thing we had to do of course that year was go to the rose Bowl, uh, go to the rose parade and said to one of my friends i want to be a part of this i want to be a pedal pusher and she said well we know someone who's on the committee for a float and we called that person up later in the year and said we'd like to work on it and they said fine come on down and they gave us the address to go and that was the beginning of 16 years of Loads of fun. Oh, my gosh. So you've been kind of a green person forever. Tell us a little bit about what you do now. I uh, Louise is uh, an employee of Cobb County and works at the Cobb County Extension Office. So tell us a little bit about what you do. Well, I have a very job. Uh, I work in the horticulture department. So naturally, when people call in and say, uh, my plant's dying, my um, I've got squirrels in the attic or <laughs> the my vegetables don't look right, my tomatoes bursting or something like that, uh, we try to answer them. I also um, write for the uh, our website, do the gardening tips, monthly gardening tips, and just a variety of Lu- things. Louise is a jack of all trades, and uh, she's a very, very talented person in the extension office. Um, you're... Love of plants. How did that start? Well, as a child, uh, we lived in New Jersey. My parents had a garden, and I had a little garden patch, too, like maybe five by seven or six by eight. I can't remember exactly. And we plant like two rows of radishes and two rows of beans or something. It was a big thrill to have our radishes be ready for harvest before the folks. And then, of course, we moved to California and got involved in the rose parade. And then uh, got a job transfer to Atlanta, and a friend here told me about Master Gardeners, so I took the Master Gardener class, and that led to a job at the Extension Service, and I've been there for a long time. This just all kind of evolved. Everything kind of blends together, and, you know, you build on this and you build on that, and it's it's been a great time. Well, you're, this is going to be such a great show because the Rose Parade, I mean, we have listeners all over the country. We have a lot of listeners in California. And so, you know, if you live in Pasadena, you probably like, it's probably no biggie. But for the rest of us that watch it on television or have the chance to go, let's start with a little bit about the organization of this. So what? how does, how does it get started? Who You'd mentioned the parade committee. What's that? Well, the first parade was in 1890. So this uh, year for 2014 will be the 125th Rose Parade. There is a group called the Rose Parade Association, and that has as many as 950 members to it. And they have 
34 committees because, you know, there were so many facets of the operation and the process of putting this parade on. And um, so I never became involved in the administration part of it and didn't know anybody. So I really don't know all the intricacies of it. But they have the responsibility of selecting the theme, the judges, the grand marshal. Um, Okay, well, you said has something that. that just clicked with me. This has been going on 125 Five years. Okay, somebody corrected me when I said, I'm going to talk about the Rose Bowl Parade. It's, it's the, the Rose, Rose Parade, Parade because right. this predates the Rose Bowl. Right. Okay, total makes sense now. Okay. So, I mean, is, do they choose like a overall parade theme every year? Does that change or do people have their own leeway on how they choose what their float's going to be? There is a theme each year, and it's different each year. And believe it or not, the, the association gets suggestions for a theme from around the world. People send in notes and say, how about this or how about that? And they finally, oh, that's neat. They finally make a selection, and, and all those people who, um, who are invited to participate in the parade, because the... Uh, entrance or by invitation only, they get the theme for the parade, for the next parade, early in the year so they can, you know, develop their designs, do their uh, costing and their fundraising and so forth. So um, it, just that part has to be done real early in the, in the cycle. Okay. So what's, what themes did you, do you remember the overall themes when you, any of the years that you worked on the oh, parade? Dear. Off the top of my head, no. Do you know what the theme is this year? Or is that yeah, it's dreams come true. Dreams come true. Mm-hmm. So then they're just, the floats are able to interpret that any way they That's want correct. to. That's correct. And I think one of the pleasures of watching the parade is to see how they interpret that. Right, right. I'm sure. So how many uh, how many floats are in the parade? Okay. Uh, last year, there were 46 floats. Uh, 25 equestrian units, and 21 bands. And, you know, that could shift one way or the other a little bit, but uh, that's usually the general makeup. So, I mean, I know that when you watch it on television, I mean, like, you can, like, eat breakfast and you're still eating lunch when the Rose Parade is on because it lasts, like, what, three or four hours? Probably closer to three, three and a half hours. It's five and a half miles. It's five and a half miles. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. Well, when... So dreams come true. That's going to be interesting this year. So do they have people that come back repeat year after year because they're so good that make floats, or do they try to mix it up and let people, different people come? Generally speaking, if you have received a trophy award this year, you will be invited to next year's um, parade. The uh, teams that are going to be playing in the Rose Bowl, each of those teams will have a float in the Rose Parade. And um, then I don't know how they select some of the others. That's okay. So you're just so like a university would have a float. Whoever's yeah. playing in the well, Rose supposing the University of Michigan is playing. This, I don't know who's playing this year, but wow! But they don't have like they find that out kind of late in the year. I mean, late in the season. So that would be interesting. So they got to uh, scramble. Okay, yeah, they <laughs> would have to scramble. Golly! So how when you're so when you're the January, let's kind of like do like a rough 
calendar for people that are really kind of into this. They get they get their um, topic or the theme, theme of the parade, like maybe January, February. Right. And so then they've got basically 12 months to put this together. Once you have, once you've been invited and you know what the theme is, then you go ahead and design your your floats okay. for the ensuing year. And if it's a corporation, they may have a staff to do it. When maybe their publicity agent will help them. If it's a fraternal group, they may have someone in their party who is an artist and will design one. Or they can have a contest. Some of the smaller groups will have a contest of their membership and say, you know, submit a design and then we'll take it from there. So there are many ways of coming up with a design. Well, I think it's interesting because, I mean, it's one thing to, you know, say I want to float and I want it to look like, um, you know, a desert scene and an oasis. But I think the whole cool part of, of this parade is who in the world comes up with what plant looks like, you know, an elephant's ear or what plant looks like a, you know, a boulder in the desert or what plant looks like uh, a, the side of a drum on a toy soldier's drum. I mean, ha- how do people, How do, who, I can't visualize that because I don't, I think I know plants well, and I think most master gardeners know plants. But to visualize it not in its natural setting and to see what it can look like, I think, has got to be like a gift. Well, the thing is here you're going to look at colors. You're going to look at textures. You want to look at effects, you know. Sometimes you want a ruffled effect and something really dainty. Other times you want something that's going to be structural, like if you're doing a stone cottage or a wagon, and you want that to be wood. So those all all of that will play into your decisions as to how you select your materials and you know color is much we'll talk a little bit later about some of the examples that i have yeah they're just outstanding just, in my mind just such a such a cool part of it you know when you were a pedal pusher um did it ever get like crazy hectic i think the most hectic time is towards the end when you we try to get the floats done by 12 12:30 New Year's Eve, and, you know, if there's a bunch of work to be done yet, you really scramble to get that done. So that's a very tense part because everything on the float has to be covered with flower material, plant material. There's no, nothing shows that's not a plant. That's right. Wow. If it is, if, you know, if, you, if you're really getting a jam, and I have seen this happen, that you don't get everything covered, you know, that's a big no-no, and you know you're going to get... Uh, dock many points for, and they don't mean taking a slopping a piece of sod out there and laying it down either. Well, you know, you can do. I mean, you have alternatives. You can do sloppy work. You can areas that they won't see too much. You might, you know, kind of fudge a little little bit there, or you can say, "Whoops, we can't do this whole section here. We'll just cut it off." Okay. Take it out of the design. So, are all the plants actually put into the onto the float in one day? Oh no no! This is going to be done over a period of okay. I was going to say uh, that's got ten be, days, that's got to be, uh, fourteen days. It depending on the material that you use as to how soon you can put that on. Okay okay because I know I mean we'll talk a little bit yeah. later because I know I've seen up close some of the the floats and I was shocked at the way that their things are installed. You know back to the trophies and how you get invited. Um, how 
how many, like I know there's like best to show and whatever. What are some of the categories that they look for? The most effective use of roses, the prettiest one, the best display of the theme, the international float, and the so the international people, so people from around the world. Oh, inter- Okay, yeah, okay, and um, also how many uh, the size of floats? There are different sizes of floats and different categories. Okay, so, so the best use of roses is not in a vase. On the top of the float. I oh, no, 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 no. It's how it's incorporated. Yeah, I know. that. That's just amazing. So I, I think, what's the count of roses, the most roses that have ever been put? I have no idea what the most roses is, but it could be, you know, a float could have thousands. Thousands and thousands. Uh-huh. So that that's pretty interesting. I tell you, I think the... Uh, Getting the invitation to go back would be quite an honor. So eventually you get to the point where you've got just only the good people that are coming back because they've all, you know, won and, you know, had been in the parade prior. Not necessarily. You know, there were times when a corporation will pull out, especially now that we've had some real problems with uh, finances. Yeah, we're going to talk about the money in just a little bit. We're going to take a quick break, Louise, and we're going to be back with the Master Gardener Hour and everything you've ever wanted to know about the Rose Parade. Quick Stakes, that's Q-U-I-K Stakes, are not just for surveyors. They are great for family and community gardens. Go online to www.quickstake.com or contact your local land surveying supply dealer and get you a box of Quick Stakes. You'll love them every year when you plant your garden. Again, that's Quick Stakes, Q-U-I-K Stakes, the truly preferred way to stake and identify what's in your garden now. This is AmericasWebRadio.com, the best in chat radio designed just for you. This is Cheryl Linker, and I'm back with Louise Ware, and we're talking about the Rose Parade. And right before the break, we started talking about how some corporations maybe kind of back out because they don't have the finances to fund these floats. What, If you had to guess, what do these floats cost to make and produce? I have not worked on a float for many years, but years ago... One of the, the commercial floats, the large ones, they could cost as much as $250,000. And, you know, the prices have gone up, so I'm sure they're significantly more now. Well, if so, anybody's done a wedding, you know how flowers cost. So, I mean, think about it. That's crazy. I bet they're very, very pricey. Well, the corporation will also um, make contributions to Boy Scouts and Girl Scout groups or church groups, youth groups, who come and help uh, peddle the uh, put the flowers on the floats, and they make contributions to those organizations. It does not go to the people that participate. It goes to the organization for their programs. So they, they have, you know, incur expenses. That's cool. Is is there any uh, really, like, top secret, you know, did, did they keep them under wraps until they come out of the – where are they built? I never thought about that in a hangar, or where okay. where are they built? Uh, for this year, there are three locations around Pasadena. 
where they build the floats. And you may have as many as, you know, 10 floats being built in one place. It's a huge building, and that's where the float builders are, and there's three float builders there. Okay, okay. So they're really not top secret. No, they're not, because when these various groups get get their theme and develop their theme, they've got to raise money to pay for that. The um, bands that know they're going to be invited to the Rose Parade, they have to raise money to cover that trip. Right, right. So they come from all over the country, I'm sure. Okay, well, that just burst my little bubble, Miss Louise, knowing that they're not top secret. I thought (laughs) they were going to just roll out and nobody was going to know anything about them. So I guess that's impossible to do. Well, just to add to that, there are tours out there that you can take ahead of the parade and just go around to these various building places and watch them work on the on the I know, that'd be an interesting yeah. field trip. That would be very, very interesting. I mean, especially, you know, if you're into floral design or, you know, just, uh, you know, love the beauty yeah. of seeing all these gorgeous plants together. Um, the they They're busy all year getting it ready. So... Let's talk a little bit about the details, the design. You know, we talked about, I mean, it's obviously got to be drawn up and then planned. Are these? Are there certain people that are like, that's their livelihood as, or as a float designer, that's all they do? Are they hired by the companies that want to, you know, hire them? And do they get repetitive jobs? I guess that's kind of a loaded question, but... The best way to answer that one is that for this current period, there are three float builders, as I said, and they have many floats there. These people also build floats for other parades. Like, for example, Portland, Oregon has a rose parade in June. They'll, they could work for that. So um, each, each group can have their own designer, do their own designer. They can hire a designer that's on the staff of the float builder. It varies. I wonder if, you know, what kids say, I want to be a float designer when I grow up. Would you well, like to be? Well, that's a great be? thing. Yeah, yeah, I think it'd be fabulous. Just play and enter the contest. That, you, know, you know of a group that has a contest, enter your sketches. So the float designers, they get to the point, they take the float, they take the, I guess they're built from what, flatbed trucks? No, there's a superstructure. It's a steel st- structure. And then that structure um, will have a uh, some wiring and some plastic put on it so that uh, you can place the flowers on it, depending what that is. Uh, there's a motor in, underneath that float to drive that float down the Rhine the Parade. So there's a, just a, you know, a lot so of... So it's it. not like putting it... It's, oh, it's not on a flatbed yeah, at all. No, 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 it's, it's a, a self, self-moving, self-sustained um, float. float. That's right. Okay. I never thought about that. I always thought maybe underneath hidden, it was just like a regular truck. But oh, no, no. Okay, got it, got it. Okay, so, and then you build up all your framing and get it going. Right. Okay, that's cool. Are there any, and they put people on them, right? Oh, of so, course, Of course, yeah. so that's kind of like an honor to be able to be chosen to be on the float. Were you ever on a float? Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> Would you like to be on a float? Uh, I think I'll pass that up. Oh, come on, come on. I know. <laughs> but, I, know. I think it'd be, that'd be great. But, like, you know, for the Queen's float, um, you're standing for five and a half hours, six hours on that float. So they have a little 
uh, support for you, which you can stand and hold in because, you know, there's a little bit of movement there. Yeah, you're and, driving down the road. Yeah, that's right. But uh, it's amazing how, you know, you'll have people dancing on the float. You'll have one float one year had a little pond and they were ice skating down the Rhino Parade on this little float. That'd be cool. Hey, well, they obviously put real ice if they had to ice skate, so. Well, what do you, what plant do you use for snow? Could be anything, uh, white carnation petals, uh, white status, uh, you could, use, you, could, ride. you could use an Annabelle and, hydrangea for a snowball. But there you go. What you would do is you would take probably take those uh, flowers, the little flowers. I mean, uh, and Annabelle has bunches of blossoms on it, little flowers to make and you would big take blossoms, them apart. Take it apart. It makes snowflakes. Yeah. Oh my gosh. We'll talk about that. Yeah, that's cool. That's cool. I like that. I like that. So once they um, they. Do they get the plants from all over the world? I mean, if they have some rare or something they need, it's shipped in and all the plants come. How much in advance did the plants arrive when well, they start putting? Well, there are growers in Southern California that specialize in raising plants for the Rose Parade. Wow. They're also, you know, some of them will come in from Hawaii. And one year we had a very wet fall. And the California growers, you know, really had problems getting plants there. And they had to fly plants in from South America. Wow. And, of course, you're not going to get what you originally had on your design. Right, right. So now you've got to go to plan B and make real quick substitutions. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that's hard to do. I mean, if you've got yeah. something. But most of the time they get the majority of their plants from Southern California growers. Okay. Okay. I didn't know that. That's good. So they, so those growers that specialize, do they always grow the same plant and they're used in different ways? Or do they, you know, try to spice up and change their their what they grow? Well, there are many plants that you're going to use repeatedly year after year because of the colors, the effect that you can get from those plants. Right. And then right. how they're displayed on the float. So uh, I'm sure there's some changes there. You know, new things come out, new colors come out. Yeah, that's true. Because, you know, UGA does a lot with developing plants and coming up with new ones. Right, right. So you just have to worry about, you know, having available what you think you need and then switch it out at the last minute. Okay, um, so I had a question. For some reason, I thought there might be some super exotic, rare plants that were used. But really, in general, they're you know, basics. Is that right? Or do they ever use anything really like orchids or? Oh, we do use many orchids. Okay. So, okay. Yeah. Um, you know, we use thousands and thousands of chrysanthemums, thousands and thousands and thousands of roses. Now we do use a lot of orchids, especially the Vanda orchids. And one of your jobs as a petal pusher, and that petal pusher incidentally is a person that puts the flowers onto the float. Right, right, right. Or prepares the flowers for the float. Do you have to wear petal pushers to be one of those? No. Okay. No, just come on, come. Okay. (laughs) But going back to the Vanda orchids, the petals on the Vanda orchid are different shades. So you can have a group of people sitting there pulling the Vanda orchids apart and putting this color in one box and that color in another box because they're all going to be used for a different effect on the float. So you're talking about taking the petals off Uh the orchid or Uh taking just the... 
individual flowers off the orchid. No, no, it's taking the petals apart, taking the orchid apart, petal by petal. I just can't, you know, it's hard for me to visualize that if you take a petal off an orchid that it's not going to, like, turn brown before Well, those are the some plate. of the plants that you put on the last minute. Yeah. Okay, okay, so that'd yeah. be what and you'd be doing on New Year's Eve. Oh, even, yeah. well, New Year's Day. New Year's right, Day. I mean, sorry, New, Year, New Year's Eve day, the 31st, right. and even maybe the 30th in some of them. Okay. Uh, so they're, once they're pulled off, the petals are pulled off, do they get any kind of moisture, or are they kept cold, or how do kept they... Kept cold. I mean, you're working in uh, these places, and there's no heat because of the plants and the flowers, and so... It's a cold, dirty job. Right, right, right. <laughs> but somebody's got to do it. And I tell you what, I bet all those pedal pushers have a really good time. Um, the the jobs for pulling the pedals off. So you would be, that would be a pedal pusher. But is the pedal pusher also the person that actually takes those pedals and adheres them to the float? Right. So you do, that's. Like a you, you can do anything, you know. Hey, where do whatever you, needs where to be do we done. need somebody? You know what needs to be done, right? Okay, so if you have, do you glue them on? How do you make the petals stick to the floor? glue? Glue, and and what kind of glue do you use? There's special glue for this, and then, you know, over the years we've seen them uh, improve the, the quality of the glue. You know, some of them are not as messy. Some in the beginning years ago it was really yucky. Yucky stuff to work with, and you get your hands get stuck to the float sometimes. But I mean, not like, not like super glue or a hot glue gun. No, no, it's not a hot glue gun. Okay. And um, over the years, you know, they come up with new formulas for for glue, and it makes it easier to work with. And there's also some of the glue has color to it. And if you're doing something very dainty with, say, carnation petals for for feathers. You would use a clear glue. It depends what you're doing, what kind of glue you use. I can't even imagine what a carnation petal looks like now that I'm visualizing <laughs> it. It's got to be teeny, teeny, teeny. They are small. Oh, I could not do that job. That would be make me crazy to have to glue something that tiny onto a float. Well, I don't let know me about give that. you an example of something tiny. This was, I think, last year or the year before. I was watching the parade on TV, and they had a panel and I can't remember how the panel was used, but it was bright red, and it was per- the perfectly aligned, and it was ho- red holly berries put on one by one. And whoever did it did a beautiful job. Um, you know, just how things are put on, whether they were on the diagonal or on the sure, just straight like up and down and stuff like that, your eyes visualize that immediately, and it's very, very special to get that straight. That's tough. That, I yeah. mean, it's almost well, they did like a beautiful job. Almost like amazing. a mosaic of, right. of berries. Right. So I imagine berries are probably real, like a super popular thing to use. Uh, are they? That was just one of the first times I've noticed that the technique you know, being used. Can you use like something like a pine cone or bark? And we use bark and the pine cones. I have not noticed pine cones doing. But we'll talk about some of the strange materials that they put together. Okay, that's really, really cool. Okay, we're going to have to like take a quick break from uh, talking about all these cool floats in the Rose Parade. And we'll be back with Louise in the Master Gardener Hour in just a minute. Quick stakes. That's Q-U-I-K stakes are not just for surveyors. They are great for family and community gardens. Go online to W. 
www.quickstake.com or contact your local land surveying supply dealer and get you a box of quick stakes. You'll love them every year when you plant your garden. Again, that's quick stakes, Q-U-I-K stakes, the truly preferred way to stake and identify what's in your garden now. This is Michael Gano with Insight to Israel. Every day, the Israeli Defense Force finds itself on the front line of the war with the militant arm of Islam. Surrounded by enemies from within and without, they fight for the only Jewish state. Military service is mandatory, ladies serving two years and men serving three right out of high school. While young people in other democracies are busy traveling or attending university, Israeli men and women gear up for basic training. In a world of heads of state, politicians, ambassadors, diplomats, and a leftist media, many times our voice at the grassroots level is drowned out. So we started an ongoing project called Hershey's for Heroes. Patriot conservatives from all over the U.S. are sending Hershey's chocolate bars with a note of thanks for defending Israel. Won't you join us by sending a sweet message to the IDF? For information, please see my Facebook page at Michael Gano. Thank you, God bless Patriot Conservatives, and God bless Israel in her struggle for sovereignty and security. This is America's Webradio.com, the best in chat radio designed just for you. This is Cheryl Linker, and we're back with the uh, Master Gardener Hour, and I'm here with Louise Wire, and we're talking about the Rose Parade. So I think we're you're gonna this is it's gonna be in a couple of days. It's gonna be Wednesday, uh, January first. It starts at eight o'clock in the morning. That's Pacific time. So if you want, after you listen to the show, make sure that you t- tune in and watch the parade. Louise, uh, for 16 years, was a pedal pusher for the Rose um, Parade organization and lives here in Atlanta. Are the volunteers, are they, do they have to know anything about plants and stuff? Or how do they, are there any qualifications for that job? There, um, anyone can participate. Okay. And that's the one thing about working on one of these was people come from all over the country, take their vacation, go to Pasadena just to work on the Rose Parade, which is Um, wonderful. I mean, it really is a very special American tradition. I mean, this is, as Louise said earlier in the show, the 125th anniversary of the Rose Parade. So that's, you know, I... That's way longer than Macy's or any other parade oh, I can think of. So that's good. Um, so once you get... So once you get to go to the answer your question, I guess we really didn't answer it. Um, you get there and you say you want to volunteer and you've never done this before. They'll give you to a group and you'll get instructions and, you know, someone will help you along. And if you're a senior member and you've done these many times, then, you know, you can help. You can make suggestions. They'll come to you for suggestions. So... Uh, depends on where you are. Right, right, right. So once you're, you've got the float, the it, the structure made. So when, how many days in advance do they actually put the first plant material on the float? It can be as much as two weeks if you're using seeds, okay. uh, bark, anything, mm-hmm. in, anything dried, not and, fragile that's right. going to last. Absolutely, you can go ahead and do uh-huh. and start working on it. So do they t- decide to use more? 
material like that so they can get a head start? Or is that ever come into play? It probably does come into play, but, you know, your design is going to be the controlling factor there. Okay, okay. So what do you do? I mean, like you've got your flowers and, you know, anybody that's ever worked with flowers know they come in black buckets and you get your or boxes and you get all your flowers delivered. How do you prep the flowers to make them last? Do, or is there any special things that you do? Well, your roses are going to, we can put, uh, spend the day just sitting there putting roses in vials. You're talking about the little glass vials. Little, little glass vials. Well, they're about, you know, I guess four to six inches deep, and they're filled with a special solution. And you put the roses in there, and depending on um, what you're doing, how deep, how long the rose stems are, some of them be real short because you need, you need, you know, that's the area they're going to cover. And some of them can be uh, longer, a little bit longer stems because you're going to make some kind of a display. Orchids often will go in, in uh, vials also. Special, tulips will go in vials. We'll use tulips. Do you use the tulip petals or the whole tulip? It depends what what, what look you. you're okay. Yeah. Got it. So yeah. you can use the whole flower, but and you, that's right. Okay, yeah. got it. Okay, because I was a little confused thinking carnation petals too tiny, but well, those what you, you need use for feathers. You know, they make beautiful feathers. Or if you've got a delicate design, a lacy design, that's where you would use some of your petals. Okay, okay, that all makes sense now. Okay, so what's the special solution that you put in? I don't know the what vault? that is. Uh, you know, I've spent hours putting roses in vials but hey you didn't you know, they, they come to me now <laughs> so do you so do you just dip the vial like in a bucket with this solution in it and then put the rose in uh, and get it no it has a rubber cap to it and they're all set, sitting in a crate like and you pour the water in and put the caps back on okay and then okay. production line right production line what's the um what's the hardest kind plant product you've had to work with if you had to say Sometimes some of the uh, barks would be difficult. I think one of the most difficult things, it's not the plant, it was the design that the uh, uh, designer design had. It was the skyline of New York at night. Okay, and I can't even, what, with no Christmas lights on it? No, light, no, no electric lights? And there were lights in the buildings of the skyline. And if you remember an IBM punch card, and, you know, you put a hole in it, and that's what reads, the card reader reads. Well, the size of those cards, we were supposed to cut white poinsettia petals in that size and paste them on to put the lights back in to the city of New York skyline. That was very slow, tedious work. And, of course, we could not match what the designer had done because it was just too time-consuming. So we turned out a lot of lights that night. <laughs> yeah, major power shortage. So it's not necessarily the plant material itself; it's how you use it. You know. Okay, that totally makes sense. That that's a, I can't even I, I can visualize that, and but it's you really got to use your imagination to figure out how to do plants to do, simulate lights. Um, is there any kind of specific way that what? Let's kind of go over the standard ways to apply the plants and when we talked about some you'll put in vials some you'll glue on is there any i for some reason in my mind i thought it was going to be like a wire cage and you went up and stuck the flowers in like into like openings in chicken wire but that's not 
the cat. No, if you had some chicken wire, it would have been coated with a plastic. Then, then you put the glue on there, and then you put the flowers on that particular area. Um, now, one thing we didn't talk about yet is the base of the float. Right there. Now that is um, a superstructure that has some plastic on it. Then what they usually do is take leftover pine, uh, Christmas trees, cut them up for branches, and that is the base coat covers the, the base of the float and then we start building it up with different layers of fern and then we put then we build the flowers arrangements the, the bushes of flowers uh, you have a, a, a ginger plant you take separate stalks of ginger and build a plant that's done built stalk by stalk you can have uh, pots of azaleas that we tuck in there and the final layer of fern would be the maidenhair fern that gives it that light lacy look so and that's you put a whole plant on the floor. We can, yeah. In some cases, you do. It depends what your, your design is. Okay, mm-hmm. so the structure. Oh, that's interesting. So that's just like your green base to start. That's with. right. That's okay. the very base, and that usually gets done towards the end because uh, you know you're up and down ladders and scaffolding and so forth, and you don't want to get that damaged. Okay, that that really makes sense. So you got the the structure built. I, that's crazy. You use like Christmas trees, ferns, everything just to get your green base. Right. Okay. Now, this is the part of the show I'm like so interested in. Let's just kind of go through cool plants and what, they, what they're what they made to be. Just anything that, you know, what what you can make a, for example, just like a palm frond. What, how many uses would you have for that? Or just you talk about it. Well, it depends here again. You know what the effect is, what your design is. Uh, you might take a palm and pull it apart. I can't remember using a lot of palms, but let me give you some examples of things that I think are really unique and outstanding. Uh, I can remember one float, and I don't remember then who sponsored it, but we had a stone cottage. Now, to get that look of stone of granite, you took rice and Spanish moss, put it in a blender and ground it up and got a good mix there and you applied that to the, uh, glued it on and it really looks like a stone cottage. It's just amazing. Rice and Spanish moss. Right. Okay. Another thing, uh, there was one float that had a cobblestone pathway and that was different kinds of potatoes and you just glued the potatoes on and gave you the effect of a cobblestone. Um, one, one group had a big dragon one year, and this is you know, quite a few years ago, and it was uh, green green leaves, and I can't remember the name, and my sister doesn't remember it either. But the <laughs> um, dragon has warts, and the warts were limes and lemons. Oh, no, that's clever. <laughs> you know what? This just, I'm, Louise, I was thinking... Only flower. I wasn't even going into the vegetable. It's plant material. I wasn't even going into the vegetable realm. But that, like, really opens up so many possibilities. Now, the city of Glendale, when you had a huge Mickey Mouse. And Mickey Mouse is nice, shiny black. And there's seaweed. There's a black seaweed that we use. And Mickey Mouse was covered with seaweed. And we're supposed to have rosy cheeks. So strawberry juice became the red for his rosy cheeks. 
Oh, you're kidding. So you put makeup on Mickey instead of making a rosy red. Now, I'd probably go, oh, let's put a rose petal for a rosy cheek. But they, they're they brilliant. They and then, strawberry um, juice. I worked on the um, one of the one of the religious floats. We had a copy of Thorwald's Statue of Christ at the beginning of the float. Mm-hmm. And his face, you wanted it to look real polished and smooth and just uh, so we use like a statue, right? Yeah. And for the face, we use the backside of gladiola petals. Wow. And the rest of the statue is done in gladiolas using the right side. It gave it a little rougher texture, but we wanted to get that polished look on the face. To look like marble or right. like, uh, right. I assume. Okay. Wow. So just to take the same plant and flip it over, you get two different right. looks. Uh-huh. And the, uh, we can use seeds. Uh, a lot of the uh, onion seeds are black. If you want to stimulate the leather cover of a book or outline the face of something, you can use that. Corn silk dries in different colors. Uh, some of it gets real dark. And some of the under part doesn't get as dark. So we take the corn silk and put it apart, and that makes beautiful, long, flowing hair for angels. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> that is so cool. <laughs> and then your status is a dry flower, and it comes in different shades of blue and purple. Mm-hmm. So that can be put on early, but it really makes it you know, very effective when you need that color. So just you know, use your imagination. <laughs> that you really do have to use your imagination. And back to the statue of Jesus Christ, did what would you use like well that was the statue so he wouldn't have like eye real eyes because it was simulating right. a statue. Right. But if you had to do like a use like blue for eyes or something on a on a character or someone, what would you what would you status use? comes in a beautiful blue. Okay, so you'd use yeah, you just search out what you need. Wow. Okay, more plants. This is cool. What else what else was neat? Oh, let's see. Chrysanthemums are you know, great for large backgrounds. Uh, and here, you know, you want to make sure that your your blossoms are pretty much the same color so you have an even effect. Right. Uh, we right. use lots and lots of um, carnations. Um, let me see what else we use. Well, just about anything we can, you know, use a lot of a lot of. Uh, there's one called silver leaf, and that's the back. And I don't know what the botanical name is. I I just have no idea. But uh, you need something that's kind of a silvery, shimmery look. Right. We use that uh, bark from trees. For wagons and so forth. What well, what's it? You know, you said earlier in the award category that the best use of plant material. Can you remember any that you thought were outstanding that won awards? I mean, would that be like the seaweed and the rice to make the? We're gonna we're gonna take a quick break and uh, be right back with the Master Gardener Hour. Quick stakes. That's Q U I K stakes are not just for surveyors. They are great for family and community gardens. Go online to www.quickstake.com or contact your local land surveying supply dealer and get you a box of quick stakes. You'll love them every year when you plant your garden. Again, that's quick stakes, Q-U-I-K stakes, the truly preferred way to stake and identify what's in your garden now. Watchdog is a term given an organization like the United States Justice Foundation, which since 1979 has been watching out and, when necessary, 
taking the appropriate action from testifying to litigating to protect our constitutional rights. USJF, a nonprofit organization, is nationally recognized not only as a watchdog, but many in the government, as well as those involved in legal cases, have also called the USJF a bulldog for the tenacious approach in their presentation and proof of what is right. Find out more at www.usjf.net. Support USJF as they support you. This is America's Webradio.com, the best in chat radio designed just for you. This is Cheryl Linker, and we're back with the Master Gardener Hour, and I'm here with Louise Wire, and we are talking about the Rose Parade, and just, I'm fascinated by some of the examples of material that are used in the Rose Parade. Louise is a special guest. She, for 16 years, was a pedal pusher and worked on the Rose Parade. And it's just that time of year. And when I found out she did this, I had so many questions. One is a couple of silly questions, but I really want to know, um, what happens when it rains on these guys? I mean, do they hold up in rain, windy weather? Or does it never rain in Southern California? Well, basically, it never rains in Southern California. And all the 125, 124 years, because the 125 hasn't been yet, um, They've only had rain three times. And one, oh my gosh! And, and I was in the, within the last ten years that they had a bad, bad rainstorm and did some damage to the floats. They had a big debate: should we or shouldn't we have the float, the rose parade today? And they decided to go ahead with it. It did rain, but they've been very fortunate. It's been some cold weather, some threatening weather. But most of the time, the parade goes. That's pretty special. It you is. Know, I think I think somebody <laughs> keeps it special and keeps it dry because that's so many people enjoy the parade. Um, so you said earlier that it's a five mile route, five and a half miles. Five. And so, how many people go watch the parade? Do you have a clue? I mean, is it like one of the statistics I found on the uh, internet uh, last night was like seven hundred thousand people lined the mm-hmm. The parade line. Wow. And, you know, you got to remember, some of these people come a week ahead of time and camp, literally camp on the sidewalk, so they have a good spot to watch the parade. Wow. That's, 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 and then at the end of the parade, they all go to Victory Park, where they, the floats will be there for about three days. And what, what, tell me about Victory Park. What is that? It's just a big parking area where they can put the floats. People, some people will skip the, the line of parade and go down to Victory Park and look at the floats there. So you can get pictures. up close to the right. float at Victory right. Park and uh-huh. take pictures and really see. If you really right. wanted to study the float right. up close, you'd go there and Absolutely. take a look at it. Uh-huh. Okay. That's, okay. That's, that's, that's a neat And thing then um, the float there are recycled. All that superstructure, the motors or the float, they all go back to the builders, and they're, they're going to be used again over and over. So they'll be yeah. stored. One thing we didn't talk about was the fact that uh, there's a driver. There's a motor in each of these floats. There's a driver, and a spot. What they call a spotter. There's a blue line down the the street, and they try to you know track that blue line. That's their guide as to how they go down the line of parade. Yeah, you don't want a rose parade float going into the no. crowd. I mean, this is such a precision parade. Everything just goes right on, just like a military operation. I mean, 
just goes right along beautifully. That's that's so neat. The that'd be kind of a cool job to drive in the Rose Parade if you were so inclined. Well, you might spend spend all that time on your tummy driving driving that. They have to parade. lay down on their. It depends on the structure. Okay. And maybe they may be sitting up, scrunched. You know, just all scrunched up, and they might be lying down. Not a, not a lot of room. That's right. When, just to backtrack a minute, you know, we had talked about the judging and some of the great awards that are given for these, you know, just masterpieces. But you had said in conversation that the whole process is judged. So how does that work? Well, they have a team of judges, and they uh, come to the place where the uh, floats are being constructed, and they go through it. Uh, looking at how well the people work together, the quality of the work that's being done. Uh, then they also judge, you know, does it fit the theme? Uh, look at the automation. The automation keeps changing and getting just greater and greater every year. It's just amazing what they can do. Um, I think a lot of that's because electronics are so miniaturized now that you can do a lot with electronics. Sure, sure. That's cool. Like, you know, yeah. for example. And then also the um, people that are going to narrate TV shows will come through and look at it so they become familiar with what you're doing and, you know, they'll ask you questions so they can incorporate that in their spiel. Okay. Okay. So it's really, it's it's like a big, a big ongoing judging Absolutely. project. Absolutely. Are they announced for the first time, like when you hear it on television or do they know ahead of time that they've been awarded a certain... <laughs> I don't know exactly what stage of the... Um, process they make the awards but they know ahead of time and they'll, they'll have a script oh and the other thing that would be interesting too it's boy scouts and girl scouts from the local area that carry the banners that announce what the what trophy is being won okay so that's a tradition right for the scouts to mm-hmm. do that yeah you always you know i i visualize that and see and see that so how far you know the man where they the the hang the Warehouses where they're made. How far is that from where the play, parade route is? It's going to be several miles, and it runs you around twelve thirty, one o'clock. They'll start pulling the floats out and get a um, at night at, at night at night at night. Absolutely then, right. And they'll uh, you know get a police escort to go to the line of parade and get them lined up. And every float builder will take what we call a repair kit. Because, you know, moving along the road, even though slow speed, you can have some damage done just because of the movement of air. Flowers can get damaged. So you take a bucket of flowers along and glue and stuff so that you can do any repairs that need to be made. And then you do that, like, right before the actual start right. of the parade. Well, uh-huh. that was one of my questions is, do these things ever fall apart? But Well, they don't fall apart, but, you know, they do get some damage. Things fall off. Yeah. Things fall yeah. off. So that is, that's just, it, I, I want to go this year and, um, I'll hop a plane and go. You know, our, um, you know, we're from Atlanta and this show's broadcast in Atlanta and our Auburn Tigers, which are our neighboring state, they're going to the BCS Championship Bowl, which is the, the 6th of January. So the BCS Bowl is going to be at Rose Bowl Stadium. And the Rose Bowl is going to be there, you know, on the 1st. So there are going to be two giant football games. So any of you Auburn fans that are going, hey, on the 6th, would the float still be at Victory Park or would they be taken down? How long did they stay there? It might not be there anymore. Okay. I don't know. That's, okay. It. That's iffy. 
But if you know if you're listening and you're an Auburn fan and you're going to be there, just you know wish you maybe think about going out early. Yeah, and, just say go know, early, seeing seeing some of these floats. Okay, what is the very what's your favorite float of all time? And tell us about it. I don't know that I have a favorite, and I just love them all. They're just you know so interesting. One of the floats that has been in the uh, Rose Parade now for about I guess four or five years. It's a float for uh, people who have donated organs. And that float, the riders on the float will be families that their child died and they, or, you know, the person died and they donated the, an organ. And then the recipients of organs are on that float. And it's really fascinating to talk to these people. Oh, my goodness. That's so, that's got to be so special. And what an opportunity right. for them to share with each other, you know, what they've both been through. Right. And the other thing is I, I'm just amazed at the automation that we see and the improvement and that it has come in automation. I mean, just, just enjoy the, the colors, the design, the automation, and the imagination that people have to carry out the theme. Yeah, it really, it really is a huge, you know, leap to go from what you visualize and then figure out how to do it with floral, right. with plant material. Um, is there any special pla- – do all the pedal pushers go wash the parade together? Oh, no. Yeah. Everybody just separates, and then is there any – what's the best place to watch the parade? The best place would be the grandstands. There are some grandstands. Of course, you know, there's a feed to sit in the grandstand, but, you know, that would be the best place. Uh, the line of parade, you know, just get – Get a place on the sidewalk, elbow your way up to the front row, the second row if you can. Or there are buildings along the way. If you know somebody, you can, you know, get to one of the windows in the building and watch the parade that way. That's Go down to Vickery Park. Now, as far as the pedal pushers go, you know, a lot of times you're working there until midnight. By the time you drive home, uh, you watch the parade on the TV. And you don't go necessarily. You put go your to the feet parade. up and you soak your hands. I imagine you know that's uh, tedious work for hours on end with small floral yeah. parts yeah. is got to be rough. Well, do, you, do you wear gloves when you work with the plants? Oh no, no, you just, they would you know especially wool gloves or something like that you, you're going to be sticking to the glue. Right, right, so, right. You know, and every once in a while you have to go and wash your hands because you're just still still sticking. But you know some of the old timers and the ones that. Work there a lot of times. We'll get there like nine o'clock in the morning and work until midnight. So you're ready to go home. Yeah, <laughs> and get yeah, a couple you hours are, sleep. You, so you, you, you are ready to go TV. Well, I tell you something. It's kind of a it's it's just interesting. You know, you think about plants, and we always talk about growing plants and pruning plants and taking care of plants and designing gardens and. But when you think about how many ways that you can use you know, plants in your life. And this is just a really, really fun way to do it. It really is. Well, we use it, you know, the Master Gardeners from Cobb County, we participate in the Festival of Trees. And we made all our own decorations, and we used a lot of natural plants and pine cones and things like that. So it was kind of fun. I could say, say oh, this is the way we did it at the Rose Parade. And see, we can do it on a smaller scale for this, that, and the other thing. So oh, yeah. it kind well, of you, works together. <laughs> Louise, you, you, you're delightful. You've always, you know, just it's you keep your spirit uh, very out there in the Master Gardening community in Cobb County. And we, you know, really, really appreciate it. Thank you. The, um, the roses... They're no blue roses, are there? 
when they die them. As far as I know. Are you allowed, so you are allowed to dye the plants, or do they have to be the natural color? We didn't even I talk re- about that. No, I don't remember ever using dyed plants. Uh, so you're always using the natural right. color. That's correct. Okay. Well, that's really, it, it's, it's, it's a cool thing, and I strongly suggest that you guys take it, sit down in front of your television on January 1st with Absolutely. the Bloody Mary and enjoy the show. That would be a good thing to do. Um any the is there a website about the rose parade? I there take are many there websites, and I have one. Let me see if I can find it now. But just look it up, and you can get a lot of this history from the website. Just put down tournamentofroses.com. Okay. Slash events. Okay. Capital E. Okay. And you'll find many, many websites. Do they have like photos, old photos of great parade of great? Uh, I didn't go through all the websites. I do have some photos. Okay. Yeah, Louise. Mm -hmm. I wish you guys could share with share and see some of the old photos that she brought of some of the beautiful, the beautiful parades that we've that she's experienced. So, are you going to go back and do it one more time? Occasionally, I go back and. Spend Christmas with the family, and we always take a day out and go work on the float. Okay, so that's cool. I've done cool. that a couple of times. That's yeah. great. That's great. Well, I may have to check that out. I think uh, I may get Miss Anita. We may go out and do uh, a Rose Bowl trip sometime and go. That That'd is be great. for sure. So our Master Gardener hour is almost coming to a close, and we are – Hope you enjoyed the show to get us ready for the new year. And in 2014, we have a lot of fabulous guests booked for the show. Um, and we're going to just get, we're going to have some great things going. And I will be back and we will have a great new year. Happy new year to you all. And this is Cheryl Linker with the Master Gardener Hour. Thank you. 